We Jack and the Old King, written and read by David White. Scottish folklore is full of tricky phrasings and deceitful fay. Sometimes, though, the liars and the tales are very blatant, and intentionally so. Our tale today is one of those stories. I know this tale is We Jack and the Old King, but similar tellings with varying names and ranks of nobility also exist. In our tale, Scotland is ruled over by a mighty king who is not only feared in battle, but revered by his people. The king had shepherded the country through a difficult era, and now in his old age, his mind, still on duty, had moved to who may succeed him. For in his labour for his land, he had been able to find time to father an heir of his own. The king being a smart man, but also drawn to whimsical and eccentric pastimes, thought in his wisdom that the best, or perhaps more accurately, the most entertaining way to pick an heir, is to select that man or boy who can tell the most outrageous lie, so unbelievable, so utterly impossible and perplexing, that the king would be forced to denounce the man a liar. Oh, and he also declared, should he not denounce them so, they would be executed. And so it was word was sent to all corners of the land, and it was made known that all who thought they could rise to the challenge should present themselves at the palace on Midsummer's Day to recount their tale. Word having reached Wee Jack, believed to be the son of bigger than Wee Jock and smaller than Big Jock Jock, he immediately dressed himself up in his Sunday best, grabbed his scythe and headed to the palace. Upon arriving, Wee Jack was eventually seen, and so readied himself to recount his tale. But before he could start, the king stopped him. Child, I'm saddened to see you. I would not see you dead, as I knew your father well. Jack, seemingly unperturbed by this statement, replied, I have no father. He went on, But six years before I was born, I saved Scotland from a famine. The king asked cautiously, Before you were born? Do you call me a liar? said Jack. My no, of course not, said the king hesitantly, clearly not wanting to fail at the first hurdle. Well then, as I say, I was called to save Scotland from this famine before I was born. Indeed, said the king, humouring the boy. I went to Edinburgh with a handful of sand in my pocket to feed all the people and stop the famine, you see. The king merely nodded, resigning himself and raising an eyebrow slightly. But even all that brilliant sand couldn't stop the famine, and in my frustration, I jumped in the air and landed in Africa. Due to my surprise appearance, I was immediately greeted by a mighty king, who bowed to me, climbed up a tree, and got onto his hands and knees, then spoke to me in Gaelic. This African king spoke Gaelic, queried the king, knowing the boy was spinning the most fanciful lie he'd heard yet. Yes, are you calling me a liar? teased Jack. No, said the king resolutely. Well then, when this great king of the Africans arose to his feet, he offered his service to me. 
and on hearing about the plight of the Scots in the Great Famine, he leapt from the tree and landed on his elbow, where he span continuously on its point. During all the spinning he begged me to let him help us, and so I asked him for half a million tons of grain. At which point, while spinning, he barked out orders to his men to raise the grain from the stream bed, where they kept it for fear of mildew. Once it was piled in front of me, I realised I'd not brought a bag, and with a pocket full of sand there was no room for the grain, and so upon feeling a flea biting my neck, I caught it, opened it up, and used it inside as storage for the grain. Having fit all the grain in this wee flea, I slung it over my shoulder, and you put half a million tons of grain, 500,000 tons, in a flea and carried it, interjected the king, with the greatest degree of disbelief yet. That's right, do you call me a liar? No, not at all, Jack, realising he'd nearly been drawn in. There's not an ounce of falsehood in your body, Jack. So, I had this bag and I decided to jump into the air to return to Scotland, you see. But alas, with the extra weight, I couldn't get above 6,000 feet. Which, as a learned king, you will know, is insufficient to reach Scotland. I was very afraid such a meagre height may result in me landing somewhere in the North Sea. The king made a mocking sound of agreement. Fortunately, I had a stroke of luck and landed upon a bed of a million interlinked seagulls who carried me like a flying carpet back to Scotland. Alas, with gulls being fickle birds and without the navigation skills of geese, they deposited me a thousand feet up in the air and a few miles from my house. Fortunately, I was in luck again as a big rock broke my fall. On the downside, I got stuck in the rock up to my neck. I thought my journey had all been in vain until I remembered I had this here sword. Saying this, Jack lifted up his scythe. So I managed to chop off my head and I sent it off for help. You chopped off your head, said the king. Yes, replied Jack. With only your head not immersed in rock. Correct, agreed Jack. The king resigned himself to the impossibility of the situation again, nodded. It must be true, as I would not call you a liar. Jack continued. Well, my head was doing well, it was rolling along in its journey, when it was stolen by a fox which angered me greatly. I was so furious I broke the rock to bits and chased the fox past Inchkeith, Inchcombe, Inchmickery and Inchgarvey and up the high and low mountains of Yarrow until I finally caught him. I kicked six foxes out of that fox and with its dying breath it said, The worst scrap of scrag end and marrow bone butt that ever a poor fox was forced to store till the mould of it went black and the winter froze it into blisters and leather, and the worst puddle of owl vomit that ever a starving fox turned up his tail at was better than you, Jack. 
and the same goes for your bottle-faced, snell-gabbit, mashed-witted, bow-backit, dangle-bellied, cock-handed, snibbert, and slastery old potchel of a king. You're a liar, said the king, and fell down dead. And that's the way we Jack got the crown. Thank you for listening to the Folklore Scotland podcast. We'll be back every single week with new folklore content from stories to analysis, so stay tuned. Folklore Scotland is a charity founded to protect and preserve Scottish folklore through taking a multimedia approach to compiling and sharing folktales, telling the tales of the past with the technology of today. If you'd like to find out more about our charity, visit FolkloreScotland.com and if you're keen to become a voluntary contributor or would like to get in touch, send us an email at info at FolkloreScotland.com. You can also find all of our social media links and a link to a written version of this story in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.